Do you think it's right for Marceline to invite us to jam without Princess and Bimo? It's just a jam sesh. Is that what you're gonna jam with? Yeah, ma'am. Blue music is the future. Listen. Shake your extremities. Shake your extremities. All your arms and knees. I want them. Shake them, baby, please. Baby, shake your eyes for me. Shake your eyes for me. Shake your eyes for me. Shake your eyes for free. Now make some bills, make the bills, make a meal. Crack me up with some yokes. I like girls who know the ropes. I like girls who can cope with the futuristic sound of balloon music. Pretty well, they're not gonna show up. Then I'll just work on my own stuff, I guess. one for new concept album based on 500 years of my journal entries. So here's some preliminary notes. I... I want to make this the most emotional album ever. So private and secret that I'll never let anyone hear. This is so wrong. No one can ever hear it. Ever. Take one. Hello journal, it's me. It's been a while since we talked about my Mildwin. I'm Mildwin, leader of the Bulldoze. Oh, uh. Mm. Nice to meet you, Your Highness. I'm not a king. I was democratically elected. <laughs> That's adorable. Hey, everybody, and welcome to this uh, Fortnite's episode of Sex Time sure we'll have a better introduction later when Badger's on the line. Um, you may have heard a few clips from this week's episodes of Adventure Time. As usual, there are better jokes and um, better songs because there aren't really songs in Sex in the City. But anyway, I thought I'd include those because it's been a while and I want to make up for lost time. This is your intrepid half-host, Kelly, um, here to bring you some episode summaries so that Badger and I don't get mired in the details and just go and talk about how one of these shows is really bad for women. Okay, the first that we discussed this week is Sex in the City, uh, Season 3, Episode 6, Are We Sluts? Um, and I have an episode summary from IMDb that I'm going to read because it was comprehensive enough and leaves a lot of room for us to talk about the issues of this episode. Because uh, uh, guess what? There are some. Imagine that. Okay. Carrie can't understand why Aiden doesn't want to sleep with her and then feels jaded when she finds out that Aiden doesn't, Aiden doesn't go for sex for the old-fashioned reason he is still romantic. She wonders if modern Manhattan girls like her are just sluts, and is he serious or, as Samantha suggests, becoming just a friend? Ooh, I stumbled over that hard. I am real sorry. I have a second cup of tea on the way. 
Um, Charlotte has a great lover, a gentle gentleman with one flaw. Without knowing it, he calls her a bitch and a whore during sex. When she tells the poor boy he's as horrified as she and struck impotent. That's not entirely true. He just is afraid to like fully enjoy himself for fear of um, talking like he had been. And um, then she lets him let go. There's never really a resolution to that plot. Are they just going to be really happy together except for when he um, releases? Probably not. Um, I know the answer to that. Badger doesn't. Um, uh, Miranda discovers she has chlamydia. So she calls all her 42 former partners and Steve suffers an intimate test despite being monogamous. Um, an important conversation to be had about um, STI testing and the responsibility to your former partners if you find out that you are positive. Um, I think they handled it kind of okay. We'll see what Badger thinks about that. Um, one of Samantha's countless dates accidentally allowed a violent robber into her posh building. As soon as the other ten- tenants find out, she feels shunned and she ultimately moves, um, which is... We'll talk about whether or not she's responsible for a violent crime that is committed in her building because um, one of the guys that she is seeing got buzzed in at a late hour. Okay, Adventure Time, the more important show of the two that we watch. So the first we will discuss is season three, episode 21, Marceline's Closet. Finn and Jake are on the way to Marceline's to go jam Uh, They get there, Marceline had to leave, and um, she left a note on the door. Hey, I'll be back. Don't go in my house. Um, They play a game called Cloud Hunt and wind up in the house anyway because those little scamps just do what they're going to do. They end up hiding in her closet and observing a lot of how Marceline behaves on her own, which is, you know, her private jam session with a song that she doesn't want anyone to hear yet. Um... Finn sees her naked when she goes to take a bath after cleaning up a mess that they made, things like that. Um, there's a lot of relatability with how Marceline kind of like talks to herself when she's at home. It's it's um, uh, a lot of a lot of good sight gags in this episode. I'm looking forward to talking about those with Badger. And then um, they are ultimately found out because they can't even sneak out quietly and say like we're sorry. And she's like, uh, it's cool. I hide in your house all the time. And then um, it cut, the end scene is they are now afraid of Marceline observing them. And so they, um, like Jake showers with a towel on and then puts another towel on after his shower. Uh, things like that. It's um, it's charming and funny. And um, a couple fun songs that I included for you because I am so generous. Okay. Then it's Adventure Time Season 3, Episode 22, which is Paper Pete. And I've seen it called Paper Wars a couple of places, but I think Paper Pete is the actual title. Um, Jake is on the way to the library to learn Rainicorn history because he thinks he's going to have kids with um, Lady Rainicorn. And he wants to be able to teach his half um, Rainicorn puplings or whatever he calls them about their history which is a very noble thing to do jake very mature um finn is so easily bored in these situations and he starts to like say oh this table's wobbly we got to take it to get fixed and then go on this quest blah 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 and jake is like please know with the fake adventures i really want to do this like 
stop trying to distract me. Um, Finn tries to occupy himself in the library. He's so loud. He sees that there's paper that's coming out of some books and he's like, what's up with that? And he finds out that there are these, um, oh, what are they called? I need to pull up the actual description because of the pagelings, I should remember that it wasn't that hard, who are um, signaling for distress and because um, Finn notices them, they say, you're a noble giant, you're going to save us from, and I wrote that thing down, the Moldos. Um, and it turns out to be like a real adventure, quote unquote real. Who knows if it's imagination? I think it's probably real by the way that the episode concludes. And um, Finn tries to rope Jake into it and Jake's not having any of it and thinks all of the things that Finn is doing to try to show him that it's a real thing are just um, smoke and mirrors, more or less. Ultimately, um, Finn resolves the conflict, and they find out that the Moldos like to eat sweaty clothes more than they like to eat paper, so that the war is over. And then um, Jake is like, I wasn't even really able to read anyway. I kind of was like stuck on the same paragraph. And like, who hasn't been there when they're studying? I've been there. Um, so it was a fun little adventure episode and um, a little interesting dynamic into some of the uh, delving into some of the themes I think we've seen before about whether or not imagination is creating a reality, what is real, what isn't real, um, that is a kind of source of not necessarily tension, but interesting difference between Finn and Jake. Um, so anyway, Badger, I'm sure we'll have plenty to say. And I hopefully saved us all a lot of time by going through this process. Um, if not, you know how to hit fast forward on a podcast, I think. I don't even know. I don't know anything anymore. I'm cold and tired. More tea. Talk to you soon. Hello? Oh, this isn't working. I'm going to try Skype. There you are. Oh, wait, there you are. Hello and welcome to Sex Time. Hello and welcome to Sex Time. This is going great already. Yeah, it's so good. Yep, just like every other one we've ever recorded. Yep. Hi, Badger. Hi, Kelly. How's it going? All right, I'm out walking around to the better reception, and I'm kind of getting my my night adventure wind up. Oh? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Where are you walking? Uh, around Taborish. Yeah. That's... It's like, uh, it's so hard for me to be awake at this time of year. Uh-huh. How's your uh, sunrise clock working? It's good. Yeah. I, I think waking up consistently is really helping. Yeah, I forgot to set my alarm for this morning, and I really, really felt the absence of it. Um, so I'll be careful to do that again. And uh, yeah, it, it, I usually wake up before the birds even start chirping because the light just like seeps in through my eyelids, and then it's like, get going, you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I usually wake up like right when it starts. Mm-hmm. Because I'm pre-programmed to uh, be light activated. 
Yeah, that makes sense for you. So, and and you have a uh, a weighted blanket now too. I do. It's wonderful. I'm really glad you like it. You should try one. I I just want to keep adding more weight. Yeah, I got like you. Uh, rocks on a barn door that you're using to kill a witch. I got you like a medium weight one. So like maybe we'll get you another medium weight one or like a heavy, heavy one. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, it's something. I don't know. But I'm glad it's going well so far. Yeah, it's great. Cool. Uh, I don't remember what happened in the episode. I don't remember what happened this morning. Oh, this is going to be this is going to be great then. Do you not remember anything either? Nope. Not only do I remember everything, I have notes and I recorded a synopsis. Oh, good. So I'm going to carry this one. All right. Synopsize me. Uh, well, Just I already need some prompts. Uh, this is one where Carrie asks the existential question, are we sluts? Oh, yeah. And Samantha gets accused of like letting in prowlers. Yeah. And Miranda yeah. has chlamydia and has like not a great grasp on what chlamydia is. No, Steve doesn't know what it is at all. Yeah, Steve doesn't know what chlamydia is or why it's a big deal to to have it mm-hmm. and why you would need an antibiotic to get rid of it. Or why you would want to uh, maybe treat yourself for it, even if you're monogamous, because that could be an issue if you had it and kept giving it back to your partner. Yeah. Also, it's not asymptomatic for men. Oh, is that a factual inaccuracy in the show? Yeah, I don't know why she would say that. <clears throat> I uh, I don't know enough about it, but uh, I'm not surprised that this show had something wrong. <laughs> I mean, they had the internet back then. I remember it. So let's go piece by piece here. Um, Carrie has to write romance on a post-it note because she's so unfamiliar with the concept that she had to literally like write it down and put it on her computer screen. Right, because that that gumball man made her wait ten days for sex. <clears throat> yeah, and I think that when we watched Sex in the City when we were like twenty, we thought, "Oh, Aiden is a true romantic," but now it's like he's kind of like slimy in his romanticism, you know. It's kind of like over the top with the like squinty eyes and dulcet tones and the I made you a bath because I'm a romantic. You know that? Do you get the sense he's just kind of fucking creep? Yeah, they're all creeps. I mean, yeah. Um, and Carrie is also very patronizing to Charlotte. You, I hear her constantly talk to her like, sweetie, honey, blah, blah, blah. Like, and like, do, do, diminishing her in conversation that was just an observation yeah so they all confront are we sluts and I don't remember any of their answers um, I think I really did watch it I think everybody says no so like Carrie's like this is just what happens when you are dating and you're active in New York is you're going to sleep with a lot of people and she 
uh, embraces romance. Um, but I don't think that it necessarily means that she's not a slut. And furthermore, I don't think being a slut is a bad thing. No. Uh, Samantha. That's, that's another big, like, okay, we'll just take it tabula rasa paradigm. Go for it. Let's debate this bitch. (laughs) (laughs) In this round, I'd like to define slut as a bad person who has committed cardinal sins inside of their soul. When does a sexually active woman become a slut? What is the criteria? What is the bright line? When does bread (laughs) become toast? (laughs) I would like to run this qualitative on balance, and we're going to show that by not being a slut, you have a better quality of life. <laughs> I'm going to go with the preponderance of evidence and that the preponderance of partners is the evidence. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Abortion, dead babies on the flow. Topicality. <laughs> T-shell. I actually think that like topicality might be like a pertinent discussion for slut, but okay. Because um, framers intent, right? well that's that's fake debate topicality is just a a way out when you don't have substantive argument so one time gail and i were at the linfield tournament and we were debating in npda and um i took leader of op and i was like we're going straight comms with us and um we're gonna run topicality but we're gonna run topicality like a fucking human being speaks rather than a fucking robot and so the, the round, and I remember the team and everything, I believe they were from Lewis and Clark. And uh, I got up and I just made this eloquent discussion about how they missed the mark with their definition of the topic. And the um, uh, member of Gov got up and said, well, if they're going to run topicality, they need to signpost all of their voting issues and blah, 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 blah. And then Gail got up and she went straight, like eight minute policy. Like, here's all of the things and like quoted me and talked about how everything I did was part of like the actual structure for running topicality and we won the fucking round <laughs> on topicality oh I hate NPDA yeah me too but it was a really fucking satisfying round <laughs> um anyway sluts Right. Is there really anything more to say? Not really a B plot here. A couple, no, no. The, all the, I think all the plots warrant a couple of things. Because one, Samantha, rather than like, okay, do you think Samantha's quote unquote at fault for that guy coming in behind her date and that guy? No. No, I don't think so either. Shit happens. Yeah. People of take, course not. People take opportunities to, to do this sort of thing all the time. That's essentially victim blaming. I mean, mm-hmm. so fuck those old people. Um, so her her solution is to move to the meatpacking district and live around a lot of like, I don't know, uh, cross-dressing prostitutes, I believe is the trope that they were trying to use there. Hmm. Yeah. Um, Steve doesn't know what chlamydia is, which is surprising. Yeah, because he's definitely had it. So let's talk about... Um, Charlotte because she's dating a really nice guy who seems genuinely nice but whenever he um, releases <laughs> during sex he, he calls her like a whore and a slut and a bitch and everything yeah and he's horrified that he's doing it but he like it's an involuntary outburst yeah he's like fully disassociating 
And I do you think I genuinely think that he like cannot control it because he seems so mortified of it happening. He, yeah, I think, I mean, he didn't even know it was happening. It's got to be some sort of disassociative thing. He needs therapy. Yeah, well, that's the, that's like the resolution, I believe, is that he goes and gets therapy. So that's good. Yeah. Somebody does something right, and it's the man who called Charlotte a, a slut and a bitch. Yeah, I guess so. Um, I don't know what else there is to say about this episode. I don't think sluts. Uh, I don't think slut is necessarily a pejorative term, or it shouldn't be used as one. No, it's a fun word. It's a fun word to call people. It's a fun word to call yourself if you think you are one, or even if not, it's just a fun word. I'm a slut for nail polish. Yeah, you are. Yeah. <laughs> I've been wearing a clear coat for like a week and a half now because like winter is already like ravaging my hands and I don't even know who I am right now so <sighs> uh, is there any is there anything from this episode that you liked no nothing no I, I'm just like suffering through these now at least they're short they don't feel short <laughs> I could be making you suffer through prestige dramas that have, like, hour-long, genuine hour-long episodes. Well, that would be too much. I mean, neither of us would be able to do that. No, God, no. I barely have time to talk to you right now. Yeah. (sighs) Let's talk. Like, it's bedtime soon. Oh, my God, I know. So, adventure time. Uh, Oh, yeah. The first episode we look at is Marceline's Closet, which I summarized already. So tell me what you think about this one. Well, I want to hear what you think about this one. Because you you're, you always ask me about what I think about Sex in the City. Mm. So I want your analysis on, on these Adventure Times. So this was a really charming episode, I feel. Because uh, Marceline's, like, I'm at home and I'm completely alone behavior is, like, very familiar to me. Um, like, I... Did you just get hit by a car? No, not this time. <laughs> Did you charge at a car? <laughs> no, I didn't charge. I don't charge at cars unless they come really close or I don't know. I, I don't control that behavior entirely. I know. You've got an overactive part of your brain that's just like, come at me, bro. <laughs> <laughs> um. So Marceline's uh, kind of like routines and like puttering and uh, playing music and um, some of the sight gags in this episode were really fun. Um, So I found her kind of like relatable being solo. And then some of the things I really found charming is like after she took her bath and she's blow drying her hair and the blow dryer blows her back into her room because she's floating uh-huh. So that was a cute one. And then, like, at the end of the episode, when um, Finn and Jake are unsure if Marceline's watching them at home, which she had just admitted to, and then Jake g- gets out of the shower and then 
he wraps a towel around himself that he already has a towel around himself. <laughs> and those are the things that are just um, the little details in this episode. The little, like, when they get bit by this, when Jake gets bit by the spider and silently screams. And, yeah. Like, it's, it's such a good episode to watch for the visual portion of it because it really kind of de-emphasized a lot of the dialogue since Finn and Jake are hiding from Marceline. So... I thought this was uh, a very densely packed, like, rich episode. So, anyway. What did you think of the paper airplane gig? (laughs) Yeah. I was worried that her her house was going to burn down, though, because it lit all the the burners on her stove. (laughs) I love that because her house is in a cave. Her little window box planters have mushrooms growing instead of flowers. I see. I didn't even notice that. There's just so much detail in these episodes and I watched it twice and I, and that's something I still miss. And that's the same cave that uh, Finn and Jake moved to in like the fourth episode that we see in the first season. Oh, and that has her name on it because she's already yeah. named it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're so like good that's at, where she sets up. That's where she sets up her house. They're so good at continuity and mm-hmm. uh, it's just, it's a such a rich universe. It really is. It's a, uh, a much more fully formed world than Sex in the City. Yeah, that's for sure. And because the they has... they take this idea and they add dimension. <laughs> Sex in the City takes something and just whittles it down to nothing. They flatten New York, which is a feat. Um, yeah, and it's the fifth character in the show. Yeah, it is. Um, I like the songs in this episode. I recorded both of them for the intros to the podcast. So uh, Finn's example of how to use a balloon musically. Mm-hmm. And then Marceline's song about how she has no friends. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, there's just no way around it. Like even the episodes that I'm not a hundred percent a fan of there, there's always something in there that's charming and good and well well thought out so you know how I feel about these now yeah and uh it's not spoiling anything and we'll probably have forgotten all about this conversation by the time it happens again but they do uh have a a couple plays on Marceline's just hiding in their house yeah yeah Okay, <laughs> I'll try to keep an eye out for those if I if I remember it. But it's a it's a ways out. Well, yeah, I'm not very good at remembering things anymore, but I can try. So, um, I don't know what else you want to say about this one. Uh, it's super cute, and also, I think at the first time I watched this season because uh, I'm watching it on Amazon mm-hmm. as are you I think no we're watching this on Hulu oh, okay I'm watching um, Sex and the City on Amazon I think that Holly Jolly Secrets maybe was supposed to be the the season finale oh it feels like it would have been really yeah uh huh so yeah I don't know I I guess the season distinctions are a little more arbitrary with this. They don't like leave a whole lot of cliffhangers. Anyway. All right. Moving on. 
Moving on. So the next episode we watch is Paper Pete. But I saw it a couple places listed as Paper Wars. Uh, it's Paper Pete, I think. I'm pretty sure. We can look at the title card. I looked, it, it said Paper Pete, but a few places oh. said Paper Wars. But and then, it's, then it's Paper Pete. Okay. Anyway. Because um, it's not Paper Wars. It, that would be paper versus paper. This is paper versus Moldos. Yeah. Moldos. I I clipped the audio of the leader of the Moldos explaining he was democratically elected. Yes. <laughs> I thought a, that you would appreciate and enjoy a, that. That's adorable. <laughs> <laughs> um, so a few things I really liked in this episode. Do you want me to talk first or do you want to? Yeah. Okay. Um, I really like that Jake, even though he, he he's not going to follow through with it because reading is too tedious for him. He has the forethought to think about his future, like, uh, babies with Lady Rainicorn and like wanting to know the Rainicorn history so he can talk to his kids. Like, that's a sweet thought, you know? Yeah. Um, it's a slightly more mature thing than I've come to expect from Jake. Um, and I think he reverts more to his like maturity level when he's like, I was just reading the same paragraph over and over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He did try. Um, I think that, um, so when I was summarizing this episode, I, um, I feel like this plays into a discussion we've had before of a previous episode where we're not quite sure what is real and what is imaginary. And at what point, like, the reality is, uh, influence or like the imaginary is influencing the reality. So I thought back to the episode where it was the rainy day, I guess, and the imagination machine Mm -hmm. when it was raining knives. And uh, so do you ultimately think that the uh, paper Pete versus the Moldos, the, the, the pagelings versus the Moldos, was that quote unquote real within the universe or was Finn kind of inventing um, an adventure? No, that, that was real because Jake wasn't into it and they still bit his fur off. But in the in the imagination episode, he kind of let the imagination take um, he played into it. So is there a possibility that this was kind of like a farce and Jake like played the unwitting like non-participant, but that was deliberate, you know? Do you know what I'm saying? Am I thinking yeah. too much again? I think that's a bit of a stretch. Yeah, that's what I do. I mean, this is a universe where like a turtle princess is uh, runs the library. <laughs> There's no real reason to think that the blank pieces of paper in the front of books wouldn't come alive and fight mildew. I love that concept. Like, yeah, what is the purpose of those pages in a book? I don't know. Even after watching this, I never really asked. I feel like I've seen an explanation before, but I can't remember. I'm sure. And it was unsatisfying. Kingsley's trying to interfere with this recording. Stop it. Um... Uh, this one's a little bit more of a straightforward, like, adventure-esque plot. There's um, a lot more dialogue, um, fewer sight gags necessarily than the Marceline episodes. There's, I don't know if there's as much to say about it. Um, yeah, it was pretty, overall pretty simplistic, mm-hmm. which is why it doesn't feel like a, the season finale episode. Uh, I don't have it as being the season finale. Oh, Oh, that's right. Amazon cuts up the the seasons oddly. Yeah. So I'll I'll uh, 
have the titles of the episodes we'll be watching next closer to the end, but um, I still have at least two more episodes for this season. Hmm. Um, no, if this had been listed as the season finale, I think I would have felt like it fell flat as well because it's not like a real standout episode that kind of like puts a cap on it. Um, but I mean, it's not bad. I, I thought it was um, cute and, and charming and fun. But it didn't quite have the like gravity of some of the other episodes we've seen, you know. Yeah. So uh, I'm walking around the lower reservoir, and like large banks of the the you know basically street lamps over the sidewalk keep going out as I approach. Uh oh. The lamps know you're a witch. They might. Or somebody's following you with a deluminator. Oh, maybe. They're going to get a stabby stab in the facey face if they come up too close. Oh, you want to get close to me with a wand? Try this wand on for size. <laughs> yep. Um, that was that episode. I don't know. I don't have much else to say on it. No, there's there's not necessarily. I mean, you don't have to say much. We can just move into shoutouts and whatever. Oh, Kingsley's about to sneeze. Oh, he didn't do it. Damn it. He's going to wait till he's right in my face to do it. <sighs> Such is my household. Okay. Um, let's first go into pop culture. Okay. What would you like to talk about? Uh, well, I just got a book that my psychiatrist recommended called Dialectical Behavior Therapy. Oh, okay. And, uh, I mean, this is like the most popist culture that I've had in, in the last week, I think. Mm-hmm. And it has um, a lot of ideas for coping with... Uh, emotional distress and kind of increasing your tolerance for it so you can deal with your root cause issues that sounds like a lot of fun it's so fun uh they have this weird exercise where for some reason it lowers your blood pressure if you sit still and hold your head still and just move your eyes left to right at about one second per by movements like you're watching a ping pong ball game with your eyes open yeah you do it with your eyes closed too and then like take a little break you do it four or five times and it's supposed to lower your blood pressure and emotional distress it did lower my blood pressure i was really surprised um it didn't do a lot for my emotional distress it's a it's kind of a it seems ill-advised, some of the stuff in this book, like, conjure up a medium-sized emotional distress that has happened to you. <clears throat> and, you know, it's hard to get those exactly right. Mm-hmm. But I have out of N. Yeah. Yes, you do. <laughs> that sounds like a fun book to read. It's it's a necessary book for me, I think. Got it. It's a 
my primary therapist uh, asked if like if I even wanted to to address any of the things mm-hmm. and I said yeah I just like it it's it's time mm-hmm. so I'm looking into different modalities of um uh addressing it so I don't have to take medicine forever I I've always thought that is going to be the best tactic and it's going to be really difficult it's going to be um painful but I I firmly believe that the the way out is through and that once you do this work um hopefully you will be just overall so much you know more at an equilibrium and happier and everything hard to think of it being worse than it has been over the last like year 18 months or so so nowhere to go but up i guess so that's actually the psychiatrist said that even though you've learned to shut your mind to the things that happened uh that actually makes ptsd symptoms worse i bet especially if there's a a little trigger that lights a little fuse so it's time to deal with it. Yep. Mark. And actually, it's um like a kind of a big deal that I can say out loud that some things have happened, and I agree with the PTSD diagnosis. Mm-hmm. Instead of nothing bad happened and I'm fine, and it- I'm badger and I'm fine. <laughs> this is this is all you know. Good to hear that this is where you're focusing your energy and you know I'm here for you yes so just let me know I, I will cool said it for you yep that's my cool pop culture next week I'll hopefully have started in on my other new recommended book the body keeps the score oh I've about physical trauma so many people have talked about this book the some several podcasts I've listened to. Um, Kristen, who is one of our listeners, when she and I went, who up, is our listener? Yeah, well, we have a couple, but she, when she and I went up to Seattle, I think when we were driving home, we were talking about that because um, generational trauma was the discussion that we had, and she mentioned that book, and I mentioned um, Survivor Cafe, which I read. Mm, I want to say like a year and a half ago, which is a a woman who is the daughter of a Holocaust survivor and talking about how like there's actual like scientific research on the trauma that previous generations have endured has an effect on you, whether or not you even know about the trauma. Yeah, it happens in your cells. So um, it's a fascinating discussion. And um, I've heard so many people recommend that book um, that I. I, it, I clearly people are getting something of value out of it. So yeah, I'm curious to know because I know it's talking it talks about all kinds of trauma, but um, I've noticed that whenever I get a new tattoo, for like two weeks after, I'm also really delicate with any area of my body that has had a tattoo. Interesting. It's like they become a little fresh again. Yeah, or like I, I become conscious of like this area might hurt. Mm. And I had another tattoo related 
interesting thing. Um, after Chickpea died, my very, very first bunny mm-hmm. kind of started it all. Uh, my legs was like flashing and aching. I'm turning off the busy street now. Okay. It was going in and out. <laughs> oh, after Chickpea died, my leg was like flashing and aching just in this one spot on my left leg. And I realized later it was that's where my fox tattoo is. And that's one of the that makes me think of him. Are you there? Yes. I don't know if I'm here. I'm here. Anchor's hella glitchy. Clearly. I wonder how this is going to sound. Eh, who cares? Yeah, seriously. The The people who have decided to listen are going to listen no matter what. May God have mercy on their souls. The living shall envy the dead. <laughs> uh, um, are you good on pop culture? Okay. Yep. My pop culture... And I think I may have talked about gourmet makes before. I can't remember. But mine is just basically now the entire Bon Appetit YouTube channel. It is the most charming. You know how you love the like sweet nature of the Great British Bake Off and you never want it to mm-hmm. end? Wouldn't it actually be yeah. better if they weren't actually competing and they just kind of like were all in a tent and happy? That would be so nice. So the Bon Appetit or... Test Kitchen, they have like... I'd say 10 or so of their um, uh, like food editors and people who work in their kitchens in New York and they all have different like um, topics that they cover and they just cook and then they like have charming conversations with each other and some of them talk about their family history and like how this one person knows how to make yogurt because of her dad and and then there's Brad Leone, and he knows how to pickle everything. And Claire Saffitz knows how to make homemade Pringles now. And um, it is, like, the most comforting thing I've ever seen. And every time hmm. they upload a new video, I'm like, oh, what's Molly up to this week? Oh, she and Adam Rappaport are going to be doing a thing with pasta. And um, <laughs> he's, so, he's so irreverent so that they don't get along. It's a little odd couple, blah, blah, blah. Um, anyway, it's, it's, uh, you'd probably enjoy it. Um, even though they're Americans, uh, for the most part, there's some soothing, uh, it's very soothing. Um, and the, the concepts that they come up with are just, uh, like one of them, Chris Morocco gets to smell and taste and touch a dish and then he has to reverse engineer it. And they're all like Guy Fieri dishes or something like that. And so he has to learn how to make like garbage can nachos. And he's like a super taster who's like got extreme culinary skills. And he's like putting corn chips in a coffee can like like a monster. (laughs) That's awesome. And they're one of their kitchen managers. Her name is Gabby. And I think she's from. Oh, shit. I'm going to if I get this wrong anyone who cares and listens to this is going to come for me she's she's from somewhere in south america and she teaches everybody how to make empanadas no i just want to be friends with all of them um (laughs) they're just like like my greatest fear right now is that they aren't all actually friends in real life like it would break my heart (laughs) if they weren't friends so 
Bon appetit. It's great. Bon appetit. Bon appetit. <laughs> okay. Um, what next? I think it's shout outs. Shout outs. Shout out so I can walk back home and go to sleep. Okay. Where are we starting? Uh, Kristen. Yeah. Shout out. Emily. Maybe. What? I don't know if she's she still told listening. She's happy we are back. Uh, oh, that doesn't mean she's listening. Emily, if you're listening, can you tell us on Instagram or something? Yeah, tell us the moment that you hear this. Yeah. She could text us, but I want the Instagram engagement. <laughs> um, Trevor. Uh-huh. Um, Who looked like suitably horrified as, as I also was when the knife failed to draw blood from Do you want to tell the story? No. I think it's good as is. The mystery is going to make it even more intriguing for everyone who wasn't there. Um, is that it? Is we have three listeners right now? Uh, yeah. I I do believe so. Cool. This is a great use of our time. What? Okay, I think you're good. Um, I I didn't say well, anything. It, I can hear ambient noises around you. And they, they've been cutting in and out. Um, social media. We're at Sex Time Pod on Instagram and Twitter. Um, the next episodes we're discussing will be Sex in the City Season 3, Episode 7, Drama Queens. And then oh, it's- please, God, no, whatever this is. <laughs> you signed up for is this. It, is it going to be like, I'm not like the other girls. I don't hang out with girls because they cause the drama. I actually think if this is the episode I think it is, and I haven't looked it up, I think it might have to do with Samantha's new neighborhood, but I don't know. We'll, oh. we'll find out soon. Won't we? And then Adventure Time, Season 3, Episode 23, Another Way. And then Season 3, Episode 24, just dropped my notebook, uh, Ghost Princess. Oh, Another Way is uh, it's wild. Cool. Looking forward to it. All right. I think that's probably all from us. Dad, do you have any final thoughts? I do not. Do you want to just go slip under your weighted blanket and then be dead to the world for eight hours? That would be nice. Yeah. More weight. Squish the witch. Who said more weight when they were being killed by, like, stones on them? Some witch. Was it a witch? Or a warlock. That was someone in history, like, that was being killed by the Greeks or something. Oh. Uh, I don't know. I I know that what you're referring to. I I guess I always just pictured a witch. Yeah, it could have been a witch. I mean, and you are a witch. You sleep on your back. Yeah. Yeah. Like a witch. As a witch. It's the only way I can fall asleep. As a witch, Badger. <laughs> okay. Well, that's all from us. Uh, we'll be back next week or two weeks from now or whenever the fuck we decide to do this. With more. Two weeks from now is fine. Yeah, something like that. I'm not committed to any time frame right now. We'll do it when we do it. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see you next time on uh, sex time. On sex time. Bye.